Praise the Lord. Just breathe. Amen. Amen. Just breathe. Amen. I, I don't know about you, but sometimes we take for granted the ability to inhale and exhale. Amen. Just breathe. We, we're sitting here and taking for granted sometimes that we're now able to assemble ourselves one more time and uh, uh, some people didn't even make it to graduation. Uh, we turned around a few weeks ago and the young lady uh, about to graduate from Henrico and she was murdered and then Verona High School sends out emails that one recent graduate from there was murdered on this week and we still captivated watching the news about what happened in Texas. Meanwhile, meanwhile, we've had mass murder, uh, mass shootings, mass shootings with multiple uh, homicides in Chesterfield. We've had them in Portsmouth. We've also had them in Philly. And we've had them in Maryland. That's just how the world is operating right now. America is not safe. You can no longer afford to take for granted the grace that you were given to leave home and to return. Amen. Amen. We thank God for that. But I, I won't be before you long. My, my task is to share the word here on today. Uh, those of you who have your Bibles, if you stand with me real briefly for the reading of God's Word, as I just have one verse that I want to read into your hearing, I'm sure it's a familiar passage of Scripture to you, and it is Psalm 37 and 23. Psalm 37 and 23. Find it, say Amen. Amen. I'm, I'm still a little old school. I, I, I use the paper Bible, but amen. So I'm paper Bible saved. Amen. But to those of you who need it on your phone, it's Psalms 37 and 23. And it reads as follows. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Father God, I just come to you right now, humble as we know how, asking your spirit to have free reign in this place. Remove distractions that we might have a listening ear. Father God, and we just pray, Lord God, that you would speak to us, that we might be spoken to. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. Could you ask your neighbor the title of this text here today? It comes in the form of a question. Are, Are you, you good? Amen. Are you good? I know you've heard that. I know you've heard that phrase before. Sometimes it's quite comical the way that it's used. I was, as I prepare each week, I do a lot of reading and research and meditation, and I scrolled across someone's post on Facebook where this particular individual uh, was in an accident. And in this accident, I don't remember all of the injuries that were sustained, but it went something along the lines of the post had a picture, the car was clearly totaled, very damaged, and he went on to say that he had sustained some broken ribs and he had injured this and injured that. And in one of the comments 
why I said this is quite comical is I've seen this often, but in the comments, after you've seen the picture of the damaged car, after you've heard from the person who was injured and they listed several of the injuries, broken ribs and punctured lung, and broken this and that and battered this and that, this person asked, are you good? Are you good? I, I don't know sometimes if we understand how to comfort people. I thank God for being able to uh, for be afforded the opportunity to understand some of what goes on into what I consider pastoral care uh, by, by, by doing chaplaincy because one of the things that you learn is that sometimes we ask foolish and unnecessary questions. Because sometimes in life we're asked questions rhetorically because we really don't want that person to answer. If you've ever noticed, sometimes when somebody asks you out, outside uh, how you're doing, we never really answer the question. We've been programmed to systematically return and ask them, how you doing? Let me show you how that conversation goes. How you doing? How you doing? And, and, and that's kind of the way that goes. And at the end of the day, we have yet to answer the question, nor has our question been answered. To think about if we're good, I really want us to poll ourselves on today. I, I really want us to think about it. If we don't do it here today, I want us to do it at home. Because this question is really thought-provoking, what I'm asking you today. I don't want surface talk. We do too much surface talk. We do, we do too much head nodding at people. We, we do too much high and by. We, we, I remember old folk used to say, I, 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 don't, don't, don't leave this fat, that fast. Come on in and set a spell. Uh, uh, sometimes we need to park it. We need to rest ourselves on these questions. We need to think about it. We spend too much time in the, in the mundane and not enough time in things that will take us to the next level. So what I'm asking you, I'm thinking about this, this text here, I think we misinterpret text too often because we glance at it. We glance at the text. We read for reading's sake. And we don't always read to understand. I want to give you a prime example of this because this is a right here. I'm going to stir up some stuff. It's a lot of controversy. I personally think it's one of the most misinterpreted texts that's out there. Uh, and I'm not going to even really spend a lot of time on it because one of my colleagues really unpacked it well. See, I, I, I'm going to come because I'm a guest minister. I'm doing something that you really can't do as a pastor. I'm going to stir up something and then I'm going to leave. Yeah, but in a good way. Amen. Amen. Because I want you to think. I, I think it's my job as a minister to get you to think. I, I had to get on somebody the other day. They always questioned me. They said, you got a whole lot of humor in this and you do that and all of that. And I think sometimes you straddle the fence. You know what my response was? I thank God you don't have a heaven. Nor hell. Amen for me. And I also thank God that he uses us in the capacity and the abilities that he has given us. And that's how we relate to our audiences and the people that we have. But there's a familiar, familiar uh, scripture in Proverbs 18 and 22. Because I don't want to misquote it. I'm going to just go ahead and take two seconds and flip to it. Proverbs 18 and 22. And then it's going to help us understand how we misunderstand context. And this scripture reads, Proverbs 18 and 22, it says, He who finds a wife finds a good, that word again, thing, and obtains favor 
from the Lord. Oh, man, and we get the people shouting and screaming and hollering because they say, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. You know how I know we misinterpret that text? Because it's two things. It's a whole lot of women that won't even speak to a man because they say the man got to find her. It's a whole lot of women that won't make themselves available because they say the man got to find them. There's problem in that way of thinking because that would be problematic with the text because the text says he who finds a wife finds a good thing. If you speak that, just in unpacking that with the English language, that means that when you find this woman, you found a wife, that would mean she would already be what? Married. Y'all missed that. Y'all missed that. So let me help, let me read to you this, and we're going to park and find it, and I'm going to help you understand that logically, sometimes we misunderstand what the scripture is saying. My pastor friend, Pastor D. Foy uh, Hutchins said, the good thing here is not that you found the wife, it's that you found, the, the, the good thing here is the institution of marriage. Think logically, you can't even find a wife. It's just the way we speak. If she was a wife when you found her, that would imply that she already had a what? A husband. If you study the word fine, it is in the perfect tense, which suggests a completed action. Meaning he was referring to the blessing of already having a wife. It's like saying he who finds a job has found a good thing. That's not taking out the, about the process of getting the job. It's speaking to the blessing of having one. The meat in this verse is in the latter phrase and it, that says, and obtains favor from God. The word obtains is a sequential and perfect tense, suggesting a perpetual action. Meaning, if you enter into marriage, you perpetually find favor. It's also in the third person, which means the favor is on the marriage regardless of the two people involved. The real revelation here is that the institution of marriage brings favor. Just like a job brings income, a good job or a terrible one is the same way. A marriage brings favor through the good times and the bad. Boy, that's deep. We could park on that for about an hour. I'm only going to share this with you because we're getting back to the text because it talked about good. The problem with people who have given up on marriage, they want to blame marriage for their problems. It was never marriage. It was you. God only gave us two institutions, marriage being one and the other being Holy Communion. So what God has given us, it was then and always shall be good. I'm losing some of you. I'm losing some of you. Let me help you. You can be, you can be good and a situation can be good. You can also be good in a bad situation. You can also be in a good situation, but you the problem. You ever seen somebody and a person might be you, you might be the good person in a bad situation. You gotta think about this thing. I, I was teaching on last week and I was talking about Job and, 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 and that particular passage of scripture is very difficult for us to understand in our human, human minds because the, all day we preach and we teach that whenever you sow good, good is going to follow you. 
That's what we say. Galatians says, that which a man soweth, that shall he also reap. If you look in the first chapter of Job, the Bible declares that Job was minding his own business. He was an upright man by God's account. God declared him an upright man. What's problematic is that when Satan approached God, God was he was talking to him about Job, and God said, you can do anything you want to him, uh, to, around him, but don't touch him. Job lost everything around him. That's problematic then with that text because we understand that if you sow good, good shall follow you. Job was sowing good. Job was doing everything God had asked him to do. By all accounts, if we modernize it, Job was coming to Sunday school. Job was coming to Sunday uh, church. Job was coming to Bible study. Job was in vacation Bible school. Job was doing everything that was asked of him and doing it to, a, to an excellent standard. Yet and still, Job lost everything. That is an example of a good person in a bad situation. Job didn't ask for it. He was good. But it happened. I'm back asking you, are you good? Because although you're good, doesn't mean bad things won't happen to you. The old age theodicy question, why do bad things happen to good people? Boy, I'd be a fool to sit up here with my educated mind and try to answer that question. Because one of the things that education has taught me is that there's some questions I do not understand. There's some questions that I have no answer for. I could sit up here all day and make the argument on this, and I could paint a picture for that. But at the end of the day, God does what he wants, how he wants, when he wants, and there's nothing we can do about it. But hold on and continue to trust him. I want us to understand something that I was reading and preparing for this, and this is where we're going to unpack this good in this text, is that in a book by Dr. Benjamin Mays, in, uh, it's called Disturbed About Man. He says, I am disturbed, I am uneasy about man, because we have no guarantee that when we train a man's mind, we will train his heart. No guarantee that when we increase a man's knowledge, we will increase his goodness. There is no necessary correlation between knowledge and goodness. Oh, I said a whole lot to say this, is that we live in a country and in a world right now uh, where we got churches on every corner. We've, 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 we're, we're the so-called standard superpower in the world, but yet no other country has mass killings like we do. I'm going to ask you a question that's going to hurt somebody's feelings, but that's all right. I'm still going to leave the same way I came. And that is, could the church be in a tailspin? Because it's full of Christians, but not full of good people. Are you good? Oh, when I read this text, it talks to me about this. It says that the steps of a good man. We got to understand then that the Bible says that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. If you misunderstand and misread that text, that makes you seem like you're a puppet. We know God doesn't have puppets. What this text is really saying when we understand it in the Hebraic sense in which it was written, we understand that if you have accepted Christ, that if you live for Christ, then that God is, is, is allowing you and protecting you if you are following his will. How do you know God's will when we don't read God's word? 
I say this all the time. This is where I lose most folk. Most of us have had a Bible in our possession since we were baptized. Amen. 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 Because I don't know about this church. I wasn't here my first time here. But in my church, a traditional Baptist church, no matter how old you were when you got baptized, you could be 55 and get baptized. You could be five and get baptized. And guess what? They were going to give you two things. Y'all know what they were? They were going to put a Bible in your hand and a box of uh, offering envelopes. You, you, they, they didn't care if you were five or 55. They gave you two things, a box of envelopes and a Bible. They want you to put that money where it's supposed to go, and they wanted you to read God's word. So here's my question, and here's where I lose some folk. You've had that Bible in your hand for 50 years plus some of you. And still have not read it. Still have not read it. Whenever I do a poll and ask somebody who's had their, because we can't say it's time. We can't say we didn't have time. Because, because when you bought Michelle Obama's book or Oprah's book, 300, 400 pages, you read it from cover to cover and you only had it for three weeks. You've had your Bible 50 years and have not read it. From cover to cover. Got your name in it. Some of you even got, you know, uh, got that nice big Bible about the size of this here in the living room. Paid $75 for it. It's so nice, it's so big, it's so beautiful. Can't nobody even touch it. That's sad, isn't it? That the word of, we, we want the gifts of God. But we don't want to read the How do you know what to do if you haven't read the word of God? Isn't it funny how we've trained our lips to say these prayers, these, 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 these are automatic prayers and things that just make God sound like a Santa Claus. God, I need you to get me out of a jam. God, I need you to pay my bills. God, you're a way maker. Well, how do you know all of that? And do you not understand that even David, when he was older in age and writing this particular text, he had gone through some stuff, he had experienced some stuff, and, and, and God was still in his life, but he experienced great love loss and traumatic situations that he was saying, God, order my steps. God, 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 see, God's not required. That's, that's the problem with us. We, 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 we think God, we, we supposed to just pray something and tell God what to do. We, we tell God what to do and how to do it. And then God says, wait a minute, wait a minute. The steps of a good man are ordered. So God, I, I, think, I think God is asking us, are you good? God does not have to order your steps if you are out of order. I think too many times people lay claim to adjectives that they don't have the right to, to which they qualify. I think it's a whole lot of folk calling themselves good and they're not. I'm going to share a personal experience. Again, my first time here having experienced this, this, but I've been around the world a few times and I've seen it. And that is when you've got, uh, uh, for example, we're talking about good now. We, we, we're not even going to talk about worldly folk. Let's just talk about Christian folk. That's right. so, so we won't offend nobody. Yes, sir. It, it, it's funny how, 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 how when, when, when uh, sometimes I'll arrive at a church 
And folk looking at you because they haven't seen you before, just staring at you, looking you all up and down. They're looking at you like we get ready to the box. Just looking at you from head to toe. Won't even speak to you. Won't, don't even shake your hand. Usher be standing at the door, looking all sour. You with the Bible in your hand and holding your child hand. They won't even open the door. And, and, and then you got to go into the church and, and, and everything. And then after you done preached and everybody and they found out you was the guest medicine and everything, that same person that wouldn't even smile at you, wouldn't even hug you, wouldn't open the door, wouldn't shake your hand. Oh, pastor, that was a good word. Oh, we hope to see you next Sunday. We hope you come back. Yeah, yeah, that's a problem because now you acting. You putting on a show. See, if you, you had some decency and some good in you, even before you knew somebody was the pastor and you thought I was just Joe Schmo off the street, you still would have held the door open. You still would have hugged me. You still would have shook my hand. But now, now that you think I'm somebody, now you want to treat me all nice. Can you fix me a plate? Oh, let's no, no, we don't need none of that. Don't, 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 like they said, don't try to kiss the ring now. It's too late for that. We saw what you was about when I rolled up. Are you good? Yeah, we're getting back in the text here. That's all I'm trying to do. It says the steps of a good man. That means if you're good, you're doing something. It's a whole lot of folk around here just keep talking about waiting. We're going to wait for this and wait for that. I'll even, look, you, while you waiting on a pastor, don't mean you don't be about the Father's work. You still got work to do. You, you, your steps, you still better have some steps. That's what this, the word is talking about. This word is talking about that God's going to protect you and oblige you and cover you when you are doing something in his name. That means you can't just keep on waiting. You got to do what you can do in the ability that you're able to do it at. Every time a catastrophe happens and it burns me up, people sitting up there talking about something. Oh, well, why, why didn't Bill Gates give a million dollars? Why didn't uh, 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 this must? Why didn't he give a billion dollars to build houses and all this stuff? And you know what I say to them? I say, why you ain't give your five dollars? You count that man money, why you ain't give your five dollars? Oh, 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 well, they got more. No, nope, nope. You do what you can do. You work on your steps. Stop worrying about what somebody else is doing. Because while you worry about what they're doing, I'm telling you what you ain't doing. And that's doing what you can do. If everybody in every church, big or small, could did what they could do on their level, I'm telling you, the United States of America would be in a better place. No, but in 2022, we just got the critical board. We got the peanut gallery. We got, we got the keyboard assassins. That's what I call them. When you can hide behind text or social media and criticize and down everybody. But then when it comes time to put up, we can't find you. Can't find you nowhere. Ask you for some money to support the ministry. Can't find you nowhere. But you worrying about what somebody else is doing. What about your steps? You know what I understand about this Christian journey? I'm not perfect, and whatever I do in my life, it has no bearing on you. While you criticizing me, putting me down, 
talking about me, saying all this ill stuff about me, it has no effect on what you could have done. You know why churches are ill-effective when we're talking about these steps? It's because they look for too many people in leadership to do what they're supposed to be doing collectively together. Yeah, there's, there's something wrong when, 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 when you go to churches, and, and, and it's true everywhere you go, because we got studies on this thing, that 20% of the people do over 80% of the work. But then you sit up here talking about the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. So how is God giving you and protecting you and ordering you while everybody else is stepping, you sitting. Are you good? Watch this. I thank God in this situation right now while all this is going on, God has really got his eye on the church. He's asking us, what is our next move going to be? We just said, Deacon just said it. It ain't safe in schools. It's not safe in churches. It's not safe in hospitals. It's not safe in bowling alleys. It's not safe in movie theaters. It's not safe in grocery stores. It's not safe sitting on your porch. And here's the thing. Nothing really has changed because none of these places has ever been fortresses. What has happened is you've got more and more people who are emboldened by the evil activity that's going on in the world and the lack of the church taking a stance against it that now we're seeing it more because people are praying. That Look, America's always been good at praying but failed at repenting. We're going to have more and not less if the church keeps taking a back seat. I think God is asking, are you good? Where are your steps? You know what's amazing is that the journey of a thousand miles begins with what? One step. We're sitting around talking about that stuff that we can't find nowhere in the Bible. If you take one step, he'll take two. That, that's that stuff we keep telling ourselves to just to, to put all the effort and work back on God or on somebody else. Please show me where it says, if you take one step, he'll take two. Let's start throwing out that, 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 that false theology and start reading Bible. Because you know what the Bible says? The Bible says in James 4 and 8 that if you draw nigh to him, who doing the drawing first? Huh? But we say God will reach way down and grab us. But the Bible says, if you draw nigh. I'm sorry, I done messed up some bad theology. Because it sounds good. It sounds good. I'm going to tell on myself that I'm getting ready to get out of the way. I was sharing some bad theology because I was repeating stuff I had heard in the church for years and years. Until I started studying. It was about a month ago. I had to get up in front, front of the church I was at and said, I know what, y'all ain't never heard me say this, but I'm going to apologize because I'm sure I repeated it at some point in my lifetime because I've heard it so much. And that is, and I'm sure you've heard it, that a lot of preachers were running around talking about Mary Magdalene. Running around talking about something. Why did Jesus see so close to Mary Magdalene when she was a prostitute? 
Have you ever heard that? Guess what? Ain't nowhere in the Bible. Ain't nowhere in the Bible that you can find that Mary Magdalene was a prostitute. Any preacher that stand up here before you can't find it in the Bible. You know how that got started? A particular priest who was sick and tired of women being put closer and higher up than men started a bald-faced lie that's been perpetuated for hundreds of years and spread down. You didn't even know that. Isn't it funny how we'll repeat what we heard when we're unlearned? Because the Bible does not say read your Bible. In 2 Timothy it says study to show thyself approved. But we done got caught up and we done got cute. We do little devotionals. We got five minute devotionals. One minute cliches. Audio stuff that we listen to uh, while we driving and work because we can't stop and take intentional time out to study. Then we wondering why there's such a void in our lives and we don't get where God wants us to go or we get the leftovers to everybody else because you do understand that the early bird gets the worm but the second rat gets the cheese. <laughs> Trying to help somebody. All I came here today was to ask you, are you good? Amen. Let us stand to our feet.